Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. One verse, one truth, one choice. Hello, and welcome once again to This One Thing. I am so grateful to have you joining us here this week of 2023, and we're already moving into February. That's just mind-blowing to me. And Crystal Wright is here with me this week. And Crystal, I'm so grateful to be meeting with you to discuss God's Word. Thank you for being here. Yes, I'm happy to get into this passage with you today. Well, this passage is near and dear to both of our hearts. I know that this passage that we're going to be in today reflects one of your favorites. It's kind of the mirror image of one of your favorites in Jeremiah. And for me, this whole chapter and specifically this verse is what God gave me the end of last year as his heart for this new year. I think it's good to make resolutions. I think it's a worthy cause, but I think we need to be more interested in God. What does your word say? What do you want from me? What does obedience look like? And what are your goals for me in the new year? So this is one of the passages that he led me to. And so we're passionate, both of us, about this whole chapter, but this verse. And Crystal, if you would, would you give us a little bit of backdrop? Isaiah is a very big, very meaty book. We're getting towards the end here in chapter 58. Give us a little bit of context before we zoom in on this chapter and specifically our verse, which is Isaiah 58 verse 11 this week. Yes, Isaiah is speaking on behalf of God, and he is speaking to uh, people who believe that they are doing everything that they need to be doing to know God and to have the attention and the care of God. And this chapter is Isaiah coming to them and saying, you guys think that you're approaching God, that you have the right idea of who God is and what you need to do in order for him to pay attention to you, but I've got to break it to you. You're off. Yeah, You're not really fully understanding who God really is, what his heart is really about, and what he wants from his children, from his people who desire to know him, to know his ways, to follow him. And so the first half of the chapter starts out pretty bold and direct. He's confronting, you guys think knowing God is about this, that it's about all your religious practices, self-denial, doing things to get God's attention. Look at me, God, I fasted. I'm, um, he uses the phrase, you're wearing out God's temple, his sanctuary, where it's you're just coming, 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 showing up, thinking that's what God wants from you, and you don't understand why it doesn't seem that he's paying attention. And so he starts the first half of the chapter bringing to light the fact that their understanding is off a bit, not only about what God wants from them, but really about who God is and what does God really care about. And so that's the first half of the chapter. And then in the second half, he lays out this very eloquent, beautiful picture of, no, this is truly the heart of God. You want to know him. You've got to know his heart. And and then this is God's heart for you of what he wants to do for you. So mm-hmm. it's it's meant to, to be a contrast of mm-hmm. this is what you're not understanding and where you're off. And this is what God actually wants you to know about who he is, what his heart is, and, and how he wants to take care of you. Yes. And I think this is one of those chapters where Isaiah is at his finest is as far as the work of conviction of the Holy Spirit. I think if we're honest, it's difficult for us if we've really availed ourselves and opened ourselves up to the work of the Holy Spirit to not be convicted. 
so agreed. Verses 1 through 5 of Isaiah 58 are really about hypocrisy, and I titled it, the first five verses, What Not to Do to Please the Lord. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to please the Lord, these are the ways that you can do that. But if you do want to please the Lord, then we're going to zero in on verses 6 through 11. Again, verse 11 being our verse. So instead of reading verses 6 through 10, I'm just going to highlight real quickly For me, you could pull out more, but I pulled out seven specific things that God is asking of us in verses six and seven, the kind of fasting that he requires. And then interesting, verses eight through 10 are what he will do if we get on board with what is required by him, not what we decide we should do, not a resolution that we come up with in our super smart brain or some epic plan that we have to fit this year within our 10 year plan. He's saying in verses six and seven, this is what I want. I want you to free people who are wrongly imprisoned, lighten the burden of those who work for you, let the oppressed go free, remove chains that bind people, share your food with hungry, give shelter to the homeless, give clothes to those who are in need, and don't hide from your relatives who need you. Maybe a lot of people listening are like me. I would say there's probably two or three of those that I have a natural penchant towards, that I naturally gravitate towards, that are easy for me. And then there's about four of those things that the Holy Spirit's like, um, these are your goals for 2023. <laughs> this is the kind of fasting that I want from you. I don't want you to starve yourself in my name. I don't want you to go to church 12 times a week. I don't want you to say to everybody, I spent 10 hours in my prayer closet today. I want you to do these things. This is my heart. This is what I am looking for as I go to and fro about the earth looking for those who have a heart after mine. These are the seven things that represent my heart, Carrie. And then the promise comes in verses 8 through 10. This is what he will do if I, if you, if we get on board with the seven things that he is saying are true fasting. Our salvation will come like the dawn. He will heal our wounds quickly. He will lead us forward in godliness. The glory of the Lord will protect us on every side. He will call quickly. He will come quickly when we call him. Our light will shine out in all darkness And the darkness around us will be as bright as noonday sun. Those are some pretty over-the-top promises. And I think for every one of us that are spirit-filled, these are the goals. This is what we want, the fruit that we want produced for his glory in 2023. But often we don't know how to get there. And this passage is so brilliantly written because Isaiah is saying, do you want these promises, yes and amen, in your life? Then these are the seven things required of you. And I will do these seven things. And then we find ourselves at the verse of the week, our verse of the week, which is verse 11 that says, the Lord will guide you continually. He will give you water when you are dry. And that doesn't just mean physical water. In the Hebrew, it's primarily a picture of spiritual water. Your soul will be satisfied. Every longing will be fulfilled. It's not a promise that we won't have hard times. It's that when we go through those hard times and those season of dryness, that he will satisfy us, not with stuff, but with himself. So he'll guide us continually. He'll give us everything we need, satisfying us with himself. He will always restore our strength and we will be like a well-watered garden, an ever-flowing spring. So the way that I titled this verse is he will guide me, he will give me, he will restore me, and he will water me. 
Those are the things that he promises to do. So this is a verse that we can easily apply to our lives. This is a verse that we would long to apply, but again, don't often know how. How can I get here? How can this verse be yes and amen for me? So Crystal, would you share the truth? I mean, this is a lot to pull the truth out of. We could take this so many ways, but just personally, how do you apply this verse? What is the truth that really grabs your spirit and arrests your heart and mind as you meditate on this verse? In the simplest of terms, I really thought through it from the standpoint of what I get to do is pursue who God really is, the things that he really cares about. If I want to know the true God, I get to know and care about the things that he truly cares about. Mm -hmm. And that's what my calling is in knowing him. Mm -hmm. And then all the rest of it, all the care, all of the help, all of the guidance, all of the refreshing, all of the rescuing that I need. Mm -hmm. That's completely his job and his heart to give to me. It's like I don't even, it's not really even mine to to worry about too much. I just get to focus in on understanding and knowing who he really is. And I think what he's talking about, the things that matter to him, it's a window into his very character. It's mm-hmm. not just, you know, I care about these things, so care about them. It's like, you can't know me without knowing how much I care about these things and how invested I am in the well-being and the restoration of all the all of humanity that I've created. And that's what that list of seven things that you read off is. Mm-hmm. It's God's heart for people. And so the conviction side for me was the reality is, and you said it, there's some of these things on the list, easy. We can check that box and say, wow, thank you, Lord. You've given me your heart in this area. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. But where it gets a little bit uncomfortable is there are some things about who God is and his heart that if we were honest in our flesh, it repulses us. Mm. We don't naturally have that desire to care about people wrongfully imprisoned or suffering or whatever it is, our relative that just drives us absolutely you know, crazy. We don't want to have God's heart for that. And so I think that's where the conviction came in for me is in my flesh, I will actually be repulsed by some of the things that God has a, is so dearly loves and wants to see restored. And so I have to be asking for his help. Lord, give me your heart, mm. you know, take out the crystalness, the part of Crystal's heart that's got to go and give me more because I want to know him. It's not because mm. he needs good deeds from me. Mm-hmm. God doesn't need good deeds from me. He wants me to know him. And like you said, be part of what he's already actively doing. Mm-hmm. So that's the truth that I really focused on. Mm, Thank you for that. That is such a clear line for us between verses seven and eight. It's unmistakable. And like you, I already alluded to it. That was my truth as well, which leads us to our choice. (laughs) And it, as it always is, or often is, it's pretty clear what the choice is for us. But I'll go first on this one and just right on the heels of what you just shared the choice that he's calling me to based on this whole passage and then specifically this promise that I long for him to fulfill in my life in this coming year, verse 11. My choice is that I'm going to submit before him verses six and seven. And I'm going to say, Lord, of these seven things, and I'm going to read them again. I'm going to say them again because I feel like we all need to hear them. 
of these seven things, what are you convicting me, showing me that I need to get on board with your heart instead of making excuses, which is what I do. Well, I don't do these things because, because that person doesn't deserve it, or it's not convenient, or I don't have that, or I don't know how. Freeing those who are wrongly imprisoned, lightening the burden of those who work for me or for us, letting the oppressed go free, removing the chains that bind people, sharing my food with the hungry, giving shelter to the homeless, giving clothes to people that need them, and not hiding from my relatives who need help. Of those things, Lord, what do you want to highlight in 2023? What are your New Year's goals for me? In light of this passage saying, this is your heart. This is what you care about, which is epically more important than what I care about and the goals that I want to set for myself. So that is my choice. It's not an easy choice. It's a very convicting choice. And it is honestly a scary choice because when he calls us to that choice, he's very serious about how we respond once he tells us, this is what I want you to pursue as you pursue my heart, is being obedient in these specific areas. So that is the choice, Crystal. Not that it's an easy one, not that I'm going to do it perfectly, but I do believe that if we seriously want to walk in the promise of him guiding us continually, giving us this water, quenching every desire, satisfying our soul, which is giving us the water when we're dry, if we want to be like a well-watered garden, an ever-flowing spring, then we need to get serious about, like you said so perfectly, it's not just what he cares about, it's actually who he is. And so to do these things is to actually know him in intimacy and in a deeper way in this new year. So what is the choice for you, Crystal? How are you going to kind of in black and white apply this as a choice in your life? I don't think I can offer up a better choice than you've already laid out, but I what I did want to share was that the encouragement that I have seen God's promises in this verse come mm-hmm. true in my own life. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to share just briefly that encouragement that I really have fully seen God show up and guide mm-hmm. and refresh my soul in a very dry desert time in my life. And a couple years ago, I experienced a betrayal in my life that was so painful and it it completely shook my entire life and world mm. upside down. And I was just in a broken place, not with not with so much with my faith. By God's grace, he kept my faith in him strong, but just in trying to even get my feet under me again and wondering, Lord, what in the world is my life about? What are you doing? What's going on? And about a couple weeks into after the the betrayal came to light, God did give me the parallel passage of this in Jeremiah, which is in Jeremiah 17. He uses that same imagery of starting in verse 7. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not need to fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green, and it has no worries in a year of drought. It never fails to bear fruit. So it's a parallel promise of the fact that God is going to continue, no matter what's going on in our lives, to guide, to lead. We could be in a completely sun-scorched, there's no 
sign of water anywhere, but God is going to be that water. He's going to refresh our souls. He's going to keep us alive. He's going to keep us bearing fruit. And I have seen him do that for me, not because of my own goodness. I have tried to be faithful, you know, to serve the Lord um, throughout my life, but I don't I don't think that it was I earned that from him. It was just Mm -hmm. he came through and was true about who he said he was. And so my choice, I guess, is more of just a testimony that God will not fail you on this promise. He, We cannot outgive him. He is just so faithful. And so if you feel like you're in a sun-scorched place, you're trying to make sense out of what's going on in your life and where is God's guidance, hang in there. He is working. He is going to show up and he will see you through and give you everything that he has promised. And Crystal, in my spirit, I feel like you just broke the chain. Like it says, it tells us very clearly to do. And the seven things that we looked at to to ease the burden and to let the oppressed go free and remove the chains, I feel like often the chain that so many of us are bound by is the pain of our past, the betrayal, the hurt, the unforgiveness that the enemy wants to keep us trapped in. And it's so easy for all of us to say, you know, Carrie, Crystal, you don't understand. I can't do these seven things. I can't give myself away. I'm hemorrhaging. My heart is hurting so bad. And so thank you for speaking to those broken hearts out there, the people that feel fractured into a million pieces. You can still do these things that he's requiring of us, not because it's not performance, because it's this sacrifice, this token, it's a, it's a way of showing him, I trust who you are. I trust that you're coming for me, that you're going to give me the breakthrough and the healing. I can't see it. I can't feel it. But this is my way, God, of reaching for you and receiving everything you want to bless me with because he does want to bless us. He wants to water us and guide us and restore us and do that continually, even through the times where we feel like, We're just a broken mess on the floor and we can't stop sobbing because our heart is hurting so bad. And you have been there. I have been there. And it's why this promise is yes and amen, because it's not circumstantial. It's not situational. It's not when things are good. As you so aptly said, it's it's especially true when we're in that sun-scorched, dry desert place that we can experience this promise being true. So Crystal... I love it that the Lord led you there right here as we're ending. I'm going to ask you to please pray specifically for those people that are in the place that you have been of betrayal, of heartache, of pain, wanting so badly for a lifeline. Like, how, how do I trust you, Lord, in this place? I, the bottom has fallen out of my life. And would you pray specifically for those hurting hearts today that they would be healed, that their burden would be lifted, that their oppression would fall off of them in the name of Jesus, and that those those chains that the enemy wants to bind them in would fall off, because that is the promise. And when we experience it, then what a gift to be able to give that away through the ministry of the Spirit. So let's close in prayer and let's take this seriously, what God is asking of us in the new year. Again, not to perform but because this is how we get to know him in deeper intimacy and to have a real relationship with him that is free of religion. Heavenly Father, I come to you right now full of gratitude and also confidence that what we are asking of you, you will do because you've promised it. And so I just boldly bring before you those right now who do know you, do care about your heart and want to serve and follow you, 
but who are facing tremendous pain and loss and confusion, who feel like life has beaten them up despite their best attempts. And Lord, I just ask that right now through your Holy Spirit, that you would whisper your words of love, your words of truth, that they would hear, well done, my precious son, well done, my precious daughter, that you see them, that you are going to guide, that you are going to sustain them, that you are going to lift them up, not just halfway, but completely, Lord, that you are going to restore and cause them to grow and to produce much fruit in their life so that your glory can be seen. And I pray that right now at this very moment, Lord, those that are still choosing to be faithful to you, that they would find so much joy and healing in doing the things that you have given us that are your heart, that they would not be a burden to them, but they would actually find you and see you and experience your love as they love and serve those that you have put in front of them. Thank you so much that you're so abundantly gracious to us. Thank you for your love and for your care. Just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org.